Well, um, the last couple of weeks, God has been giving the word, freeing us up from things that we think that, we, that didn't matter. And the name of this uh, message is distress, discontent, and in debt. Amen. So if we can turn our Bibles to 1 Samuel 22 and 2. Amen. So 1 Samuel 22 and 2 says, And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontent, gathered themselves unto David. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. So as I was meditating on this verse, I was like, why was they distressed? What made them distressed? What makes us distressed? Amen? Is it the fear of rejection? Fear of stepping out to do what God wants us to do? Is it being anxious when there is nothing to fear? Is it feeling trapped? In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. Is it lack of peace in our lives? Is it the fear of death? Or is it shame? That's the first cousin of, of fear. Fear is a gatekeeper. It lets other spirits in. And fear hinders your ability to love. If we can turn to 1 John 4 and 18. And 1 John 4 and 18 tells us, perfect love drives out fear. See, God has been dealing with me about being free. And he's telling me to look deeper. See, there are some things that we can see on the surface, but there are other things that we have to dig deeper into to see what's keeping you from being free. So as David took them, the 400 men that was with him, he took them into the enemy's camp, hiding out in the enemy's camp. How many of us, when things got hard, we hid out in the enemy's camp? doing things that are ungodly because the pressure we felt was too great. Hey, but God, see, he sees you in that place. And God sent a man of God, a prophet named um, Gain, to, and his name means to fortune. And he told David to not stay in that place, but to go to Judah, the prophet Gad. He told David, to go to Judah. See, when you're going through things, God doesn't work the way we, we, we want to work in the world. So God is saying, in this place that you're in right now, you go to Judah. Judah means praise. So we have to learn to praise our way through some things. As the pressure gets on, we know that God is all-powerful. We know that he's on our side. So what we have to do, we have to learn how to praise him through these situations, through these hard times. In 1 Samuel, the 24th chapter, we see that 
The people didn't understand the praise, and people won't understand your praise. Hey, this is happening to you. This is happening to you. Why are you praising God? But God wants you to praise him. See, a lot of times we don't celebrate until we get something. But we serve a God that, that loves us. We're on his mind. So we can celebrate. We can praise before that things happen. We can actually bring it into fruition just by praising God. He says, they trust me. They trust me. I can do it for them. Amen. So we see here in chapter 24 of 1 Samuel that the people didn't understand the praying. And they were saying, why are y'all praising God? King Saul was upset when he heard the news. And he went about trying to get people on his side to discredit David. See, a lot of times when you're living a life for God and people... They'll try to discredit you. They'll try to get people on their side to talk about you. But see, we got to hold through through all of that. Amen. We got to continue to praise God. Amen. We got to continue to praise God. So God will deliver. Amen. We see in chapter 24, the, first, the fourth verse, that God delivers Saul in uh, David's hand. We also see... In the book of Esther, there was a guy, Mordecai. And Mordecai, uh, Haman, uh, set a trap for Mordecai. He was filled with indignation, the Bible says. That means he was feeling and showing anger. He perceived that unfair treatment. See, but I realized something in this life. God is not fair, but he is just. Amen? We serve a just God. And so we go on in Esther uh, chapter 6, verse 6 through 10. It talks about how Haman had made these great plans to get Mordecai. And he, was, he had built gallows to hang him. I mean, he was really after Mordecai. Uh, and we see also that the things that he had planned for Mordecai happened to him. He was hanged on those very gallows that he built. See, what the devil meant for evil, God can turn it to good in your life. Amen? What the devil meant to slow you down, to keep you stuck, to stop you from moving forward, God can turn that thing into a good. We serve a good God. Amen? We serve a good God. All right, let's go back to David in 1 Samuel 24 and 9. So as I was looking at this, I saw a principle that David understood. David understood a principle. And in, and in 24, verse 9, he says, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Okay, so David understood a principle. And that principle we can find in Romans 12 and 19. We can turn there. And that principle is, he says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, for vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. I will repay, saith the Lord. See, we can't bring the world's judgment into the kingdom of God. God goes by a different standard. As I was studying this, I saw 39 passages on vengeance in the Bible. So God takes this very seriously that we don't put our hands on it. Amen. 
and that we don't rejoice when God starts paying back for the things that people done. Amen. We can't take joy in that. So now we find ourselves, if we find ourselves distressed, discontent, and in debt, we have to look deeper. We have to look deeper. What is causing these things in our lives? So we turn to Psalm 81, verse 11 and 12. Psalms 81, 11 and 12. And God is saying this, but my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me. Uh, and then verse uh, 12, so I gave them up unto their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsel. Amen. So God has given us a way how to live, how to deal with things. But if we don't adhere to that, then we have problems. We can't get away from Romans 12 and 2, and that's a very familiar scripture around here, that we got to renew our minds. Amen? We got to renew our minds. We can't get away from renewing our minds. We are children of the Most High, as it says in 82 and 6, uh, Psalms 82 and 6. We are children of the Most High. So God, as a father, looks out for us, but he wants us to dig deeper. What is causing these things in you, in us? See, I found out that we have to function from our core. Our core, our heart, our spirit. We have to function from that. So, and John, let's turn to John 15. Um, I'm going to start at verse 1. And this is how God gave me this message. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. That stuff purges. So, see, he's get rid of everything that's not impure. Everything that is impure. He wants to get rid of it. And he, he brings forth more fruit. So God wants to get the impurities out of our lives so he can bring forth more fruit in us. Amen? And our verse 3 says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. Amen? So God is saying he needs us free. So he, he gave me some insight on what's coming. See, these messages are not by chance that God is dealing with all these areas that we have to look up to free ourselves up from. Amen? And with the help of the Holy Spirit. So as we're coming to the end of the year, it's almost tempting to just put it on auto, autopilot and just cruise through the rest of the year. But we got work to do. Amen. We cannot waste time. We can't just put it in, in neutral and just sit there. We still have to progress until the point where the new vision is introduced to us. Amen. So God gave me some things uh, that we need to be free from. And the first thing, are we free from past experiences? 
Are we free from past experiences? Are we free from that hurt? You know, I went through some church hurt, and I, I just wanted to just not go to church at all anymore. Uh, when I went through that situation, um, it really kind of rocked me. It shouldn't have, but it rocked me. And I decided I don't want to go to church anymore. You know, that they're requiring something of me that they're not requiring of themselves. And so I didn't want to go. But how many know God is a, is a faithful God? That, that was not God. That was just misuse of authority. So I had to get over that hurt. And see, when you serve God and you're doing 110% of everything you, you're doing, you're crossing your eyes, dotting your eyes, crossing your T's, and then hurt happens, it's hard for you to get back to that place again. But God is saying, I need you to get back to where you were. I don't need that hurt to stand in a place. I don't need that hurt to have you stuck. Amen? Amen. We have to be free from mother and father. You know, I was raised in a church. Our, our family is eight generations strong in, in, in the church. So when I decided to go to another church, uh, my family had a fit, you know. But we got to be free to do what God has called us to do. We have to free ourselves up from the traditions in our family. We always do it like this. This is how we do it, you know. We, we, we all are Baptists. We all are holiness. This is how we do it. This is what our family is. And we have to break away from that. We have to break away from gener, uh, generational sins, those iniquities that are passed down through our family lines that we see. If we take a good look at our family, I tell you a good exercise to do is do a family tree. See how long marriages last in your family. Amen. How many divorces happen? How many teen pregnancies happen? And you will see a pattern in there. And that pattern is there because it's a generational curse. So Pastor Keith has been, he preached on a message called Damaged Thrones. And I really studied that lesson, listened to it. I was like, you know what? These things are sleeper cells in you. You know how terrorists have sleeper cells? They act normal. They come here. They have great jobs and all, and they carry on normally. Then all of a sudden, maybe they get a call or a code to turn it on, and they blow up this, blow up that. See, this, this is what happens when we have these sleeper cells, things that we haven't dealt with in our lives, things that are attached to us. There are sleeper cells waiting to cause havoc in your life, in your marriage. Mama told me, that I can't tell my husband all my money. I need to put some aside for a rainy day. I need to have a plan of escape, you know? I, so now you can't give 100% to that marriage because something else is in your ear. Amen? That's just waiting to come alive in that marriage and blow it apart. Amen? So we must intentionally and prayerfully break spiritual attach attachments. Amen? We have to intentionally go after those things. We got to prayerfully go after those things and break them. We can't allow them to hide under the surface. See, when you give your life to the Lord, there may be some things you were into before you got saved that you didn't totally get delivered when you gave your life to the Lord. And the devil is not going to bring it up. He's going to let it ride that dormant. 
and to the time it needs to awake. So that's why we got to go searching for these things. Amen? Amen. We have to renounce the thing of old. We have to renounce it. Now, some things that I was going through that I wrote a list down that when I was a kid, I seen some of these things. I participated in some of these things. But we thought it was fun and games. And I can tell you now, listen to the list because some of your kids are doing these things and you have no idea what type of cartoons they're looking at, what type of games they're playing, but they have a, a root in them that's satanic, that's trying to attach to them kids. And so we have to look at these things. I remember when, we, when I was young, uh, we, Saturday, Saturday was cartoon day. You know, you get your bowl of cereal and you watch cartoons up until wrestling came on. Y'all remember that? <laughs> yeah. But one of the cartoons was the Smurfs. And we thought the Smurfs was great. Little, they were friendly. We, we got the little Smurf toys. But you know what a Smurf is? A Smurf is an imp. It is a devil's helper. It's a demon. So they dressed it up and put it in cartoon form. Gargamel, I think that was the guy's name, right? Doing spells and curses. We, and we ain't paid no attention to that. We thought, oh, that's just fun. That's great. They watching TV. But what is TV putting into our kids? What, is, what has been put into us that's laying dumb, dormant? Amen? Amen. Ouija boards. Sometimes, you know, kids play with Ouija boards. They think it's fun. Sometimes adults use Ouija boards. Uh, playing with different spirits. Amen? Dungeons and Dragons. Now, we played that in middle school. Back then, it was done on paper. Now, they got video games of Dungeons and Dragons. That's satanic. But how many of us didn't know that was satanic? And our kids played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the magic eight ball. Remember that? The little black ball, you ask a question, you turn it up. That's satanic. I played with it. I didn't know. I thought it was fun. What are you going to say? Yes, no, what? Maybe, you know, satanic. So they put all these things in as fun. You can have fun doing these things. But these things attach into our spirit. As I read earlier, God comes into our life. He quickens our spirit. He makes it alive. It's clean, but we have to guard our hearts. We got to guard that spirit because you can corrupt your spirit by letting other things in. Uh, using spells and curses. The third eye, uh, spiritual guides. I remember we were in school and they taught us how to concentrate on the third eye. Imagine you in a field and this person comes to you and he's guiding you through these things. They was teaching us that in school. I'm like, what is that? You know, they were trying, they were putting things in us that they were into attaching to your spirit. Fortune telling or tarot cards. We can't do any of those things. And if we have done it or is it is in our family, we need to break those curses because some of our families have done some things that are unnatural, that are, are anti-God. But guess what? You're in that family line. You got to break that thing. Palm reading. 
horoscopes. I remember when we were young, I'm a Libra. You know, we, we tell it ourselves, I'm a Libra, and I read these horoscopes, and they seem to be true. That, that's me. No, that's not you. That's ungodly. Self-hypnosis. Now, in this modern day time, this is used a lot. But we don't think it's, you know, I need to stop smoking, so I want to go through hypnosis. That's demonic. Anything that messes with your will is witchcraft. Amen? If it messes with your will, it's witchcraft. Smoking weed, drinking alcohol, drinking spirits, it changes your inhibition. Things that normally you would not do, now you find yourself doing because it's broken you down. It's messing with that will. So that's why we have to be careful about things like that. It turns into witchcraft. It is witchcraft. Uh, mental manipulation, uh, mind swapping. Mental, um, mental manipulation, if you're in sales, you have to really watch that because it's a gray area there in sales because you learn how to get what you need from people by manipulation, sometimes by saying, you know, the right things or you seeing or the husband and wife, who's really making the decision. So you lock into them to manipulate them to get the sale. We have to be mindful of those things. Black and white magic. Now, you know, I know that when I was growing up, everybody knew black magic was bad, but white magic was supposed to be okay. No, it's bad. Blood packs and cell um, mutations. I worked in a, in a mental hospital for some years uh, down in Columbia, South Carolina on Bull Street was the state hospital. And I saw a lot of the stuff in terms of self mutilations. Um, all these things were there. But I do remember too when we were kids and we made packs with each other. We cut our, uh, uh, cut our hand and we made blood packs. We were Indian blood brothers, you know? We did those things, not knowing that those things were demonic. We thought that was a good thing. We, we blood brothers now because we didn't cut and mingle blood. You got to be careful with these things. That's why you got to talk to your kids. You got to really see what they're into, see what their kids are into. I had one young man at the church here. He told me about some cards. He texted me. Um, and he texted me. He said, can you research these cards for me? Because I really like playing with them. So I researched them for him. Look here, I think he's about 10 years old. I, re I researched it for him, and I let him know, no, this is totally de de demonic. You cannot play with these cards. You need to get rid of them. See, our kids are doing things that we have no idea. We think it's, you know, we think it's nice, or maybe we didn't have a hard day, so we give them something to let them play with whatever so we can get some rest. But we can't do that. We're called to be, we are called to be stewards, wise stewards of our children. Amen? Amen. Amen. Some other things. Crystals. You know, the power of the charms. Charms. Crystals. Sexual spirits. Christian science. Buddhism. Hinduism. Yoga, the, the religion of martial arts, 
Jehovah's Witnesses, if we got that in our family, Mormonism, Unification Church, and we say church on that, but they're teaching a different philosophy. They're teaching something that's not godly. Masons, fraternities, sororities. See, look, I tell you, I pledged, I, I didn't know. Um, I didn't know, but then I went back and looked at um, a ceremony, a going over ceremony or raising ceremony, and I was like, oh my God, this thing's stuff all satanic. It's all satanic. But see, we can belong to the Masons, we can belong to uh, a fraternity, a sorority, and it calls us, we have to take vows to do that, first of all. We're taking vows, that's why we gotta renounce that stuff. We take vows to say, we're going to do this, we're not going to do this, and we put that thing before God. And some people, that's their life, is their fraternities and their sororities, uh, the Masons. That's their life. I mean, they, I, I know a guy that when he was raised, I mean, everything changed about him. Everything he wore was Masonic. Everything. I mean, that was his, it just, that was his life. That is his life. He's still like that. So we have to be mindful of things like that. Islam, black Muslims, Father Divine. How many of y'all remember Father Divine? Y'all don't remember him? If you go to Philadelphia, you, you'll find hotels with Father Divine name on. Richard Pryor played him in the movie uh, Car Wash, I think it was. Father Divine. We have to be mindful of these things, things that our family have been in that's attached to us, and we wondering, why am I feeling this way? Why is this happening at this time? Because that seed has been planted, and we got to uproot those seeds so nothing will grow. Amen? We got to renounce these things. Let's turn to Psalms uh, 95, verse 10 through 11. And it says this, for 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their heart. See, it's so important that we, we protect our heart, that we keep it clean. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And they have not known my ways and then verse 11, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. See, it's the aspect of not doing it God's way that we don't have rest. We can't have rest. We can't have rest if we're in unbelief. The Bible says because of unbelief, they couldn't enter into my rest. But we want to find in God a resting place, a place where we're free to worship God like we want to worship God. We're free to interact like we need to interact with each other. Amen. Iron sharpens irons. We have to smooth out. I know some people don't like to fellowship, but fellowship is so important because it allows those rough edges to be smooth. If I have to be around you, we're going to find out. We may rub each other the wrong way at first, you know, but then we'll find that, that it, it fits all together. Those rough edges are smoothed out. So there's a good fit now. 
that every joint supplies that there's no lack in the body. There's no schisms in the body now. So that comes about through fellowship. Let's turn to Proverbs um, 1 and 5. And it says this, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, increase in learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. See, it's a trick of the enemy to isolate us, that we feel we don't need anybody, or we can just come to church, make that check. I came to church. And now I'm out the door, first thing, in my car and gone. Don't want a fellowship. Why? Don't let the devil play games with you. God is building the church. We're all meant to be here. We're all meant to add a portion to this church, to the body of Christ. We all are. Because it's the Holy Spirit that draws. I think Zip was teaching this morning about evangelism. See, you don't come on your own to be saved. It's the Holy Spirit that starts drawing you. And the Bible says, in the day that you hear his heart, hearten not your heart. Did you hear his voice, hearten not your heart? As they did in the day of provocation and 5,000 fell dead. So it's an important thing that as God is speaking to us, that we hear, hearken with the intent to do, right? As we're taught here. So we have to do that. So we don't even get saved on our own. It's the Holy Spirit starts convicting us. And then we give our lives to the Lord. Now God says, okay, I can use you now. But now, I think she was saying this morning, we try to, because I was, I was guilty of that. I don't want to be a Christian yet because I need to clean myself up before I give my life to the Lord, before I actually be serious with God. We can't do that. We can't clean ourselves up. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I need you to deal with this right here. I need you to deal with this. I need you to look into this. Then we need to be obedient children of God and look into it. Let's deal with it. Let it percolate up to the surface and let's get rid of it. Because those things that are allowing dumb, dormant in you as God takes you to higher and higher levels and that foundation is not sure, oh, it's going to fall. It's going to fall. And great is the, the fall of it. Because God was saying, okay, that damaged thrones. I always look at the fact, though, you could be speaking before, and we see it if we just pay attention. You can be speaking before thousands, fill up stadiums, and then something crazy happened. And you say, why he do that? Because it was in him, and it was lying dormant. It was in her, and it was lying dormant. And they thought, well, I don't need to really need to pay attention to that. Or what I do in secrecy won't manifest itself in the light. It's going to show up. It's going to show up. So we have to be mindful of, of as the Holy Spirit speaks to us uh, through his word, through his man servant, through his woman servant. We've got to be able to hear God in every situation. We were, uh, this past fast week, I think this past one, we had a lot of kids that, that spoke. Um, I think, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of kids that spoke. But, huh? 
Yeah, Ari was one. And, uh, but I've learned you never turn your ear off. You always got to hear God and everybody, what they're saying. You got to see the God part in there. Okay? You got you to tune in because God is saying something. He's speaking to us. But if we determine, I don't want to hear from that person. I, that person can't tell me nothing. We miss God. We, we miss God. The key to growing in God's kingdom is being humble. Amen. If you humble, if that heart is pliable, he can use it. He can bring it to pass. Amen. So we have to be open to that. Now, let's turn to Haggai, chapter 1. And he goes on to say this, and I'm just going to read uh, portions of it. Um, but he says, consider your ways. God is, and all through the Bible is telling us to examine, to see if you're in the household of faith. Examine yourself. Get yourself harder. Or Pastor Keith liked to use the analogy of in the Lion King. Look a little deeper. Look closer. Consider your ways. You have so much. And bring in little. You eat, but you, not, you don't have enough. You drink, uh, but are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that um, earneth wages um, to profit, to put in. Let me turn there, because it's hard to read my own writing on that one. Let's see. Haggai. But God is saying something to us. He's trying to take us to a place so as we, as we make our next move as the body into the places where God would have us to be, we are free to, for the power to flow through us, for the power of the Holy Ghost to really work in us. Amen? That's what God wants us to be at. He wants us to be at that place where we are free, that we don't have things holding us back, that we can move forward. I said uh, five, and it says, yeah, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. You eat, but have not enough. You drink, but are not filled with drink. Uh, you clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put in bags with holes. Consider your ways. Why are these things happening? Why am I discontent? Why am I distressed? Why am I in debt? What is attached to me that's ungodly that needs to go? We know the story of Achan uh, in the Bible where he, when they went into Babylon, he kept some things that he shouldn't have. That God told him, that God told him to burn everything, kill everything. And Israel was attached to him, therefore death happened. Lack happened. They didn't walk in the victory. I guarantee you, if we look a little deeper, the life that God has for us can be much more. We see in John 10, 10, 
He promised us life and life more abundantly. Amen? Abundant life means you have more than enough. More than enough. So we have to really ask ourselves or look deeper and see what is causing us to walk in lack. What is causing us not to live in abundance? There's something there that God wants removed. Amen? There's something there that if God brings those blessings to you, for instance, money. One thing about money, it amplifies whatever's wrong with you. Amen? When you got enough money, you can do whatever. You can manipulate people. And you'll manipulate the people. You will oppress people because you got and they don't. So we have to deal with that. We have to deal with that. We have to be right with God. We got to get some things out of us. Like I say, money will manipulate. If you got money, you, you, you never had power before. You never, or, or you were the shy kid. They picked on you and all. And now you're a doctor or whatever. You got money or you, you wealthy from trading or whatever. Now you're going to manipulate people. If, you're, if that heart is not right. You're going to take advantage. You're going to oppress to get more. We see it in our country. The rich get richer, and, the, and the, the income gap gets further and further away. Yeah, we see it. So we have to make sure that we're considering our ways. What are we doing with this life that God has given us? We're bought with a price. Our lives are not our own. But sometimes we like to take control of our lives rather than God. God saying, I need you to go be a missionary in, in this third world country. And we say, I like luxury way too much, God. I can't do that. Mm -mm. <laughs> but we got, to, we got to do what the Lord says do. Amen? So we got to watch it. We got to consider our ways. Consider our ways. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 2. You know, in this day and time, this is the days that the prophets of old dreamed of being in. They want to be in these end-day times. There are a lot of voices out there. I mean, there seemed to be, right before the pandemic and through it, there's been an awakening, a spiritual awakening. Good and bad. But there has been an awakening. So Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It says, let no man deceive you by any means. How can we not be deceived? We got to know this word. We got to dig into this word. We got to spend time in prayer. We got to spend quiet time with the Lord. What is God saying now? I pray, but now what is he saying? What is he telling me to? What is he leading me to do? For the day shall come, except there be a, a falling away first. So we know, like through this pandemic, there are some people that are not going back to church. They're done with church. Or they're going to watch it on, the, on YouTube, TV, and that's their church. God never meant for that to happen. But there's, there's a great falling away. There's a great falling away. And that man of sin be revealed, 
the son of perdition, who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God. We see that. We see that. People saying there is no God, you know. We see that. Or that is worship so that he, as God, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's huge. That's huge. That as, as God has a particular way of how we're to interact. Um, I've, I've been part of churches where the pastor was worship. You know, he was worship, period. He can't get around. He was worship. But when he died, there were people that stopped going to church when he died. They don't want to have anything to do with church anymore. So you ask yourself, well, were they following God or were they following the man? You know, we, our relationship is between us and God. And if we do those things that God has called us to do, and we interact the way that God has called us to interact with each other, then we won't fall in that. We won't be deceived. Amen? We won't be deceived. We won't be deceived by, uh, uh, the Bible says there are some, they walk like us, they talk like us, but they're not of us. We got to be sure in terms of discernment of spirits. Amen. We got the, we got the, the more word, the more discernment. The more time you spend with God, the more intimate times you spend with God, the more, the greater your discernment. Or as Pastor Keith likes to say, that antenna goes higher. Because you got to pick up some things. Everybody in church ain't saved. Amen. We got to realize that. So sometimes we can't expect a certain behavior out of certain people because they're not even saved. They come in to hear the word, but they're not giving their lives to the Lord. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit speaking to them to get them, give some unrest that, hey, I need you here. I need you to go to church. They wake up, I'm going to church, but their hearts are not in it. Amen? Their hearts are not in it. So we have to be mindful of that. Uh, in that same chapter, let's look at verse 13. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. That's why I'm saying we have to guard our hearts. We got to watch. We got so many TV channels now. I mean, we stream and everything. We got a whole lot we can look at, but we got to be careful what we look at because we got to guard that heart. We got to be careful of who we listen to. We got to guard that heart. Amen? Sanctification of the spirit. That means God wants your spirit to stay clean from these things. So if these things are attached to us, we need to get rid of them. We need to ask the Holy Spirit. We need to look at our families, amen? We like to see what's in our families. Uh, do we got a bunch of witchcraft in our families? I know that my people, my father's people, are from the low country of South Carolina. They believe in roots. Um, they believe there's an African village down there. That I tell you, I could never go past 10. I tried to go in the place twice. 
And every time I would get out of my car and walk, got, turn around, turn around, they do animal sacrifices, everything in there. And it's such a strong spirit, it wouldn't even allow me to go in there. I was like, Lord. But I had saw it on Channel 29, the educational TV. I said, I want to go to that. I, said, I know where that's at. Down in uh, Yamasees, I think it's Yamasees. But yeah. And, but I got out my car twice, and I was not able to take more than five feet inside the place. And I had to turn around. So this past, uh, what was that? Uh, on my birthday weekend, we were down at Hilton Head. And um, so we had some friends with us. So I said, well, you know, I got this man of God with me. Maybe we can go in there together. I got some covering, you know. So we'll go in this place. We couldn't even get out the car. I was like, Lord, so that's off the list. Okay, not going there anymore. Couldn't even get out of the car. So spirits are real, but you got to really research your family to see maybe they have a lot of things that are ungodly that are running through the family. Amen? That are running through the family. And we got to arrest that stuff. Stop it. Let's turn to 1 Peter. Chapter 4. All right. Uh, verse 17 and 18. And it says this. For the time has come that judgment must begin in the house of God. And I keep, I keep saying this, and I really believe this. The world is going through a pandemic, but the church is going through judgment. God is trying to set things right in these last days. He's trying to get people in the right places in these last days. He's trying to get our hearts right for what's coming in these last days. And if it first begin with us, what shall the end be to them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? So it's saying what all we do. We scarcely make it in. But all we do, that's all, it doesn't give us any allowance to have things that connected to us that are ungodly. It doesn't give any allowance for us to do things that are ungodly. None. The Bible says, don't let these things be named among you once as becoming saints. So and God is saying that as we give our lives to him, we got we to keep the spirit. We got to sanctify our vessels. Know how to um, possess your vessels. Know those cravings, those likes, and those dislikes. Paul said it best. He said, I die daily. I'm dying daily to some things that I might want to do that are ungodly. I can't do. Okay? I die daily. Some, some things I don't like, I got to like. If I'm a person that really don't like people. Just, I'm happy being at home by myself, and I'm good. And God's saying, no, I need you out of this house. I need you to go, to go around some people. We got to do that. We got to, sometimes we got to force ourselves to interact. And then it becomes pleasurable, because guess what? God wants us to know each other by the heart. 
So now when I see my brother, my sister, I see their heart. You know, and everybody's not evil. Some people are just weak. But in Isaiah, I was reading about, it was calling uh, some people doors and some people are walls. Well, if I put a wall on each side of that door, that door becomes part of the wall. So it's about sound doctrine, amen, that we can help each other. We are actually all called to help each other. It's called discipleship, amen. It's called discipleship. If I'm talking to my brother and I see they're lacking in this area, then I'm going to offer them, hey, this could help your foundation be sure so you ain't got to have to worry about it. We're going to disciple. We're going to tell. We're going to give them the basics. We're going to build that foundation into them. Somebody give their life to Christ. I'll tell you what happened to me. I was, uh, and we still keep, keep your finger on uh, First Peter, but I was in college. And uh, um, this guy came to me. Uh, he's a minister now. He's been a minister for years. But he said, man, will you go to church with me? And I always try to be a man of my word because if a man give his word and don't redeem his word, uh, you know, you got to redeem that word as a man. If you're going to give your word, redeem that word. Do what you say you're going to do. Amen. And that's a challenge sometimes. But if I give my word, I got to do it. So I told him, if you come get me, I'll go to church with you. So that night, I was out drinking, 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 partying, drinking, partying, drinking. And I got in probably about 7.30. He came and knocked at my door at 8 o'clock. I'm still drunk. But I went to church. And as, I, as, as the man of God was preaching, he preached me sober. I was up front giving my life to the Lord. I don't even know how I got up front. I don't. I just like, but he was preaching and it just, it was the pull that, Lamar, you need to get your life straight. That I was not in a situation where I was at the, at the bottom or at the, uh, um, like, I mean, I was in a good place. I had plenty of money. I mean, so I didn't, I wasn't at that place where I'm rock bottom and I got to go. No, I had, I had to leave money on the table, you know. So what happened was a group of Christian brothers, for two weeks, put, they stayed around me. They wouldn't even let me interact with other people. They was always there. We was reading the Bible. We skipping lunch. Let's read the Bible. And what it did, it anchored me. Amen? And my decision that I had made, it anchored me. It helped me. And that's what we have to do with each other. If we see a brother or sister that's having a hard time, we can help them. We can get around them, and we can provide strength for them. Amen? And we got to be willing to do that for each other. Because we're in this thing together, and we in it to win it. Amen? This ain't something that we are trying out. This is something we are living for. Amen? Amen. So if we turn to 1 Peter 4, uh, 17 through 18. Oh, we read that. We read that. Okay, yeah, we read that. So my prayer is, Lord, be merciful for our unrighteousness and sin and our iniquity. Remember them no more and purge our conscience from sin nature. Amen. That's my heart. I want that to be everybody's heart. 
that we get into the right place, the right situation with God. All that God has called us for, all that God wants within us. He's given us gifts to use in the body. Why are you sitting on your gift? Amen. He gave you a gift for the body. The body edifies itself in love. Your gift, when, when the praise team is singing, or, or, you know, that's a gift, the singing aspect, and the anointing of God on that, that's, that's delivering people, that's setting people free. Free in worship. We got to be free in worship. We got to be free in worship. If you're not free in worship, we have to look at, we have to look at what's not allowing me to be free. What is attached to me that won't let my arms go up, that won't let me sing out, that won't let me dance before the Lord? What is in me that has attached me, that's oppressing me, even in the presence of God? I'm holding tight to that thing. We have to release some things. Amen? Amen. In these last days, I do believe we're in the last days, but... I do believe that the vision for the church needs to be to impact the world. That is for that to impact the world. So we're all needed. We all have a place. We all have to be secure in who we are in God. Because the number one thing that can happen if you're insecure is going to cause problems. Because when somebody else come along that may be more talented than you or more gifted than you, but you're in this position, you envy, you know, strife. God doesn't like that. So we got to be okay. We got to get these things out of us. So as we grow, we're not looking at somebody sideways because you thought you should have got the position and they got the position. Amen? We got to look at that. Those are little things that's in us that we got to make sure that we get out so God can use us and do what he needs to do in our lives. Amen? Amen. That's all I have for today. Thank God for his word. And we just want to seal that word. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. We just seal this word in our hearts, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your revelation knowledge. We thank you for your guidance. And we ask you to seal this word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.